Welcome to Saucy Shorts, brought to you by Copycat Creative. This is Lemons, by Catherine Case, and read by Helen Keeley. The tiny finger poked her firmly on the nose. Ma, the baby insisted. Ma, she giggled, delighted at her own cleverness. Yes, Hannah cried. Good girl. Yes, I'm your mamma. She scooped her slippery, wet daughter out of the warm bathwater and span her round and round in dripping circles. Water splashed over the floor and soaked her denimed thighs. Mama, Mama, that's my name. The baby squealed like a happy piglet, her pudgy limbs curling in glee. A head came abruptly round the door. Nico, she said Ma, clear as day, she knows me. She grinned at him. He returned it with a frown. Hannah, he muttered. He flicked a towel off the heated rail and removed the now shivering wet baby from her arms, bundling the child up snugly. She needs a towel straight away. I just... How do you not know that? She stared at him, now empty-handed, droplets falling from her fingertips, a damp patch of bathwater bleeding each knee. I was just... She's fine. It was only for a minute. A second, really. He cradled his daughter closely, curled himself around her little body. He glanced sideways at his wife in disbelief. She could catch cold, he snapped. This is basic stuff, Han. He span on his heel and taxied his daughter to her bedroom, his spine rigid with irritation. Flushed from her scolding, Hannah pulled the plug out of the bath and listened to the gurgle and belch of draining water. She bent to retrieve the discarded baby grow for something to do, collecting the tiny woolly cardigan and dinky baby booties, soft rose-pink leather, a gift from Nico's mother, and padded barefoot down the hall after them. Nico had laid Abigail down on her changing table and was busy with the talc. She kicked her legs joyously, luxuriating in a nappyless freedom. Her large brown eyes eagerly sought out Tigger, painted inexpertly on the wall next to her changing table. She had been seven months pregnant and itching for something to do that wasn't an NCT class or baby yoga with Alexis. The NCT classes, which she always attended without Nico, not really my style, Han, were full of earnest, moon-faced girls who were all overwhelmingly interested in her birth plan and whether she was planning on giving baby the breast or, gasp, not. Breast is best. A forthright woman named Daniela gripped her arm and splayed biscuit crumbs at her as she spoke. Breastfed children go to Cambridge. Hannah was more than a tad sceptical about where Daniela was getting her information from. Though she had to admit, if anyone was to be found clutching a clipboard and badgering students on campus about whether or not they were breastfed, it would be this woman. So Hannah needed a project. She went to the spare room, the small space in Nico's sprawling Earl's Court flat that had been designated hers, and picked through her things still sat in cardboard boxes, almost like even her belongings were still unconvinced she was staying, until she found a box of paints bought years ago for a similar project. Propping her phone up on the newly built changing table, 
so she could glance at the googled picture of Tigger she had found. She carefully sketched the outline directly onto the tasteful light yellow wall with half an old pencil. Alexis had chosen the colour, naturally. It's called Sicilian Lemon, Hannah. Very soothing for baby. She had been nearly finished, blacking in a final stripe on Tigger's ear when she heard Nico's key in the lock. You home? he called, his footsteps in the hall. When he reached the spare room, he froze on the threshold, taking it in. The paintbrush poised over the enormous, gurning tiger that had appeared on his freshly painted wall. His wife, one hand on her huge protruding belly, tip of her tongue poking out in concentration. What are you doing? His brow creased. Hannah, why would you... For fuck's sakes! There had been shouting. A firm instruction that it was to be painted over immediately before his mother saw. Then, just as Nico was searching for the remains of the lemon paint in the kitchen in order to obliterate Tigger, there had been a timely knock on the door. Hannah waddled towards it, but before she could reach for the lock, it unlocked itself from the other side with a click, and the door eased open to reveal Alexis, letting herself in. Hello, darling, Nico's mother purred. I've just come from Pilates, so just thought I'd pop in. A vision in snazzy, expensive lycra, Alexis was intimidatingly put together. Slender-hipped, despite bringing Nico and two brothers into the world and knocking on the door of sixty, she was always immaculate. Naturally, she had keys to all of her son's homes, which was fair, Nico insisted, considering she helped to buy them all. Neither of Hannah's sister-in-laws dared question it. How's my little bun cooking? Alexis asked, placing both hands on her daughter-in-law's mountainous belly without hesitation. Hannah had been taken aback the first time she did it, but had learned not to flinch. Hi. Good, thanks. We're just, uh, we're just in the middle of something. Her mother-in-law's pretty eyes widened slightly, and she took in the paintbrush tucked behind Hannah's ear, the flush to her cheeks. Removing her hands from Hannah's belly and turning her expensively coiffed head, she called out to her son, Nico, darling, it's Mum. Nico obediently trotted in from the kitchen and kissed her cheek. Didn't think we'd see you today. Do you want a tea? Alexis nodded slowly. Yes, why not? She glanced down at Hannah's orange-streaked hands. Have you been painting, Hannah? Nico snorted derisively. She has. Go on, show Mum what you've done to the wall in there. He turned and made for the kitchen. The two women listened together as the kettle switch was clicked, mugs clattered and were slammed down on granite. Hannah sighed deeply and retreated back to the spare room, knowing Alexis would remove her shoes and follow. The older woman had studied the wonky, grinning tiger, leering back at her from the pristinely painted bedroom wall, and said nothing for a moment. After what felt like hours, she turned to Hannah and said, It's sweet. I like it. Nico came in with two steaming mugs of tea. He handed one to his mother and held the other close to his chest as he awaited her verdict, confident in an ally.
Accepting the tea, she addressed him directly. It's sweet, Nico. Hannah's so clever. Nico rolled his eyes and began to protest, but was cut off by Alexis raising a single palm in his direction. It's terribly creative. You are so lucky to be married to someone with a passion. The only thing I wonder... She sipped her tea. Is it appropriate if we have a little girl? Shouldn't it be something a bit girlier? Um... Hannah knew she was being cornered, but couldn't see her escape route. Well, maybe. Maybe Tigger is a bit boyish. I agree, beamed Alexis. So maybe we'll paint over him for now, until we know what we're having. She flashed Hannah a toothy smile. Hannah didn't paint over Tigger. The next time Alexis visited... She insisted on depositing a shopping bag full of baby clothes in what was now known as the baby's room, formerly the spare room. If she had an opinion on the fact that Tigger was still stubbornly in residence, she kept it to herself. The same could not be said for Nico. Now, Hannah leant against the doorframe, watching her husband change their daughter, cooing at her and babbling the sweet nonsense that grown-ups save just for babies. Her stomach had lost its beach ball tautness, but still hung over her jeans in a way it hadn't before. She'd never be the same, of course, but it didn't matter. All that mattered was Abigail. She drew a bit closer to them, picking up a stuffed teddy and walking it across the table, up Nico's arm until it was nuzzling his face. He brushed her and the toy away. Don't, Hannah. She dropped the bear leaving the room. Later, once Abigail was down, he joined her in the sitting room. She was shelling pistachios, one after the other, popping the flaky little nuts into her mouth, discarding the shells on the arm of the sofa. A rerun of Absolutely Fabulous was on, and she was frowning at the TV. They hadn't had it in Sweden when she was a teenager, and she struggled with it. Her trendy square glasses perched on the end of her nose. I don't really get... So is the boring one the daughter? Or is she a niece? Nico sat down heavily beside her and pulled her towards him with one lazy arm so that they slumped against each other. Her pistachio shells spilled down into the creases between the sofa cushions. Not sure. I never watched this the first time around. Daughter, I think? And the best friend, the old slutty one. She's a cool girl or something? They watched in silence for a minute. The old slutty one was now capering about on the back of some stud's motorbike. Model, not call girl, he had that wrong. She looked like she had a great life. Did she go down okay? She turned her face so that she was talking into his chest. Yep, no problem. He replied without looking at her, apparently now engrossed in the programme. She inhaled deeply, readying herself for the thread she was about to pull. You know, I fell in a frozen lake once, back home, went right under the water. Dad had me for the weekend, two, three winters before he died. And he had this half-assed idea that we'd go and see the moose in Svanzella. And we were crossing this huge field covered in snow. Then the ground just, like, 
gave out under my feet. So Dad obviously started screaming and came running back to haul me out, and he was, like, just in time before I... Hannah, stop it. I don't want to hear this. She levered herself up from his chest and looked at him, spurned. What? Look, I know I was hard on you at bath time, but you can't just tell some shitty story about how negligent your dad was to make what you did sound inconsequential. He straightened up and turned to face her. If it's not scooping her out of the bath without a towel on a cold day, it's leaving her alone to roll off her changing table, or or overheating her milk. You burnt her little mouth last week. The colour had risen in his cheeks. It's not... It's not... Not what? She couldn't help herself. It's not good enough, Han. You have to do better. She looked at her hands. She began to pick at some dead cuticle skin around her thumb. She pulled at a big rough bit. It peeled away easily, leaving an angry red gash that spurted with bright blood. She put her thumb in her mouth and tasted copper. Nico took his wife's free hand in his own. Look, I know you're struggling. This is tougher than either of us thought it would be. I was speaking to Mum the other day. No, no, Nico, we don't need a nanny. Please, I can do this. Let me finish. I know you don't want one, but it'd make life just that bit more manageable. Take some of the pressure off you. She'd do the school run. She'd make Abby's meals. She'd even do a bit of cleaning. He glanced pointedly at a floor that was now littered with pistachio shells. Across the room, a beautiful, deep raspberry velvet love seat was strewn with magazines and baby clothes. On the floor lay a priceless oriental rug inherited from Nico's grandmother, covered in shoes, Abigail's and Hannah's. Plastic toys and what looked like the remains of some organic baby snack, chewed and regurgitated. Abigail's dollhouse, which she was as yet too little to play with, nestled beside the TV, its inhabitants' tiny lives spilling out of the matchbox rooms. Hannah had started to arrange them, cooing over the tiny china plates, but had got bored and left the task half-finished. The walls of his flat, daubed in a trendy deep navy blue, were pictureless. Instead, their wedding photo and an eccentric print depicting the owl and the pussycat that Hannah had rescued from the Portobello Road gathered dust against the sideboard, waiting indefinitely to be hung. Mum and Dad have offered to pay for it. I just can't see a downside, Han. Think of the time you'd have. You could do more yoga and... He paused. I think we'd get along better. She sucked her still sore thumb thoughtfully. She didn't want to do yoga. She wanted to be Abigail's mum. Her treacherous memory idled back to her own mother. Forgetful. Busy. Forever leaving her with neighbours so she could go to night classes. By contrast, Alexis was a powerhouse, an aggressively sweet gold medalist in the matriarchal Olympics. Hannah remembered fidgeting on Alexis and Frank's doorstep, her hands folded over her small but definite bump of a belly. Nico stood beside her, 
stony-faced but smart, in chinos and a striped shirt. He fiddled with the flat, fat gold ring on his pinky finger. The door opened, and a handsome, slightly younger version of Nico answered the door, grinning mischievously. Hi, mate. Nico stepped forward into his brother's bear hug. Mate, Hugo replied, pounding Nico's back and laughing. Are you in the shit? He turned to Hannah. Hello, you. He hugged her warmly. Don't worry, they're crossing Nico, not you. She wasn't quite sure this was true, and when they filtered through into the main living room, with its colossal crackling log fire and oil-painted relatives staring down at them from the walls, she knew it wasn't true. Mr Anastas, one cherry corduroyed leg elegantly crossed over the other, his silver hair winged over his ears, had been polite, formal, and openly disappointed. He spoke of unfortunate circumstances and making the best of it, his eyes frequently darting to Hannah's inconvenient belly. A parentless Swedish girl with no job was not what Frank had had in mind for his eldest and favourite son. Nico had nodded, making the odd protestation, but for the most part accepted his beating. After offering everyone drinks, Alexis had been quiet, allowing her husband to cover the ground rules before they could move on to lighter matters. Hannah, had hovered awkwardly next to Nico for the dressing down, stealing glances at Hugo and his elegant girlfriend Thea, holding hands on the vast Chesterfield sofa. A huge diamond winked on her left hand. Why were they here? Why did they get a front row seat to this? Finally, once Frank had run out of steam, Alexis rose from her seat next to him and clasped her hands together. Well... I think we can move from tea to gin now, can't we? Everyone laughed. Well, not you, Hannah. Alexis flashed her that toothy smile. But I think I have some elderflower cordial left over from Christmas. She had pulled Hannah with her into the kitchen, keen to bond. As Hannah helped smash ice on the countertop, while Thea sliced lemons and limes, Alexis has squeezed her arm and said, I know it's not ideal, but you've no idea how happy I am. Hannah had smiled back weakly. When Alexis left to choose gin from the pantry, Hannah had whispered across to Thea like they were inmates in the prison canteen. So, don't tell them that Nico and I aren't actually going to get married. We're going to have it, then see. Thea had sliced her lemons with a thock, thock, thock on the chopping board, and chosen not to reply. Nico went to bed, leaving the nanny argument for the morning. Hannah sat on their sofa, stacking pistachio shells on top of each other, in little towers until they toppled over and onto the floor. She didn't pick them up. She stood, stretched, and wandered into the kitchen thirsty for a glass of water, she selected a glass tumbler and stuck it under the cold water dispenser of the big, imposing fridge freezer that hunkered in one corner of Nico's kitchen. It crunched and gurgled at her before reluctantly spewing out icy cold water into her glass. As she sipped, a phone buzzed to life on the counter. Nico had left it there, plugged in to charge overnight. It was late. Who was texting now? 
If Hannah feared other women, she did so subconsciously. Nico was just too straight, too good, too busy, frankly, for another woman. But given their short courtship, it was always difficult for her to feel like he truly belonged to her in any real way. He always felt on loan or ill-gotten. Though she'd had no intention of falling pregnant to a man she barely knew, he always behaved like the trapped one. She picked up the phone, therefore, with no guilt or trepidation. There was no part of his small life that she did not know about. He had given it to her in chapter and verse over the past year. A crash course in Nico. A verbal manual on how to be his wife, how to live with him, how to have his child, how to love him, how to deserve him. The text read, Dad, lots better. Sends his love. You've got Christina coming tomorrow at midday and Maddie at 1.30. We'll pick H up at 12.30 and suggest tea after yoga. Fingers crossed. Mum. Kiss. Tomorrow. Wednesday. Her lunchtime yoga class with Alexis, designed to give her an hour or two away from Abby to relax and unwind and reconnect with herself, as her mother-in-law had put it and apparently leave plenty of time for Nico to interview nannies uninterrupted. Tonight had just been round one of a fixed match. She was to go down in the fifth. It was all planned. She replaced the phone, finished her water. She made her way down the hall to her baby's room, pausing in the doorway to listen to Abby's fairy-like sighs as she slept. She pushed open the door and moved to the cot, leaning forward on her wrists and hanging over the side, breathing in her daughter. Just above the cot and to the left, Tigger grinned down at them. She twisted off her wedding and engagement rings, a glittering duo from Antwerp that fit together in a perfect jigsaw, and dropped them onto the changing table. Without really thinking about it, she scooped up Abby, miraculously without waking her. She bundled another blanket around her baby, cooing quietly to her as she stirred sleepily. She walked briskly out of the room and back down the hall. At the door, all of her shoes had been tidied away, so she slipped on a pair of Nico's fancy slippers. She looked at the coat rack but couldn't work out how to get a coat on without putting Abby down. So she left it. She pulled open the heavy front door with one hand, looping her handbag over her arm as she went. Hannah was careful not to let it slam behind her. Instead, she closed it with a soft click. And just like that, she was gone. That was Lemons by Catherine Case and read by Helen Keeley. This short story was brought to you by Copycat Creative. To receive a saucy short email to your inbox every Friday, please subscribe via the link found on the Saucy Shorts podcast homepage. Saucy Shorts, just a little bit of what you fancy.